The immortal Iron Fist, living weapon and protector of the ancient city, is still a thundering dumbass. This is the Extra Hot Grease Podcast, episode 168, oh, for the week of August 21st, oh, no. 2017. Oh, no. I am flickering apartment hallway light, David T. Cole, and I'm here with Shallow Quake, Sarah D. Bunting. Seismometer, I hardly even know her. <laughs> Holy Scarf, Tara Ariano. Don't replace me, spend your money on whiskey. And unconvincing American accent, Adam Grossworth. I may be blind, but I can still hear that you're British. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another Extra Hot Great Podcast. Uh, Thank you all for bearing with us with the one day delay. Dave is alive. One day delay. (laughs) And our guest... Is the very accommodating Adam Grossworth from uh, from our sister podcast, Two Spotted Dicks on the Great British Bake Off. Welcome, Adam. Hello, Adam. Uh, Adam, this is Happy a, good, to be here. a place to start as any since you had it right there in your intro. Uh, you texted me when you started to watch this uh, that Accent Cop was in full effect. Oh, my God. Who, who was the worst offender, in your opinion, as Accent Cop? Uh, um, what's her face? Um, <laughs> I I could not with her. Um, Iron Fist is also pretty bad and Daredevil is pretty bad, um, but their accents were rough and hers was rough. Well, and this is a this is a thing that sort of, I guess, to get into a little more like having not watched those shows, like they did a lot of really good, good, they have a lot of really useful um, table setting at the beginning and, you know, helping me to orient to the the, the pieces I didn't know, which was helpful. Um, but then, like, at one point, you know, there's a kid, black sky is revealed and I'm obviously supposed to know who that is. And I'll talk mm-hmm. around spoilers. But, um, you know, if I hadn't been watching with my boyfriend who did watch the other shows, who was able to tell me who that was, you know, I would have had no idea. And then there was like a long training montage. And I was like, who is this for? If you if you know this person already, then 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 why are we watching them getting trained? And I don't care because I don't care about this person. It was there was a lot of that going on that I found very well, disorienting. Yeah. The dull. problem I had, I mean, there the, the table setting was useful for for those of us who bailed out on Iron Fist after episode one. Hello, that's me and Dave. But then I feel like Mm -hmm. for a season this short, there was so much other, like just faffing around with waiting for people to get on board. Like you're obviously all going to get on board or else there wouldn't be a series. Like why (laughs) does it take this long? First of all, why does it take until episode three for all of you to get together and second, then why are there still conversations about like, I'm out, me too. Like, no, you're not. Just get on with it. It's a superhero show. We all know where this is going. Was anyone else frustrated by the pacing? Sarah? Um, yeah, yes. you betcha. Plus Luke Cage getting all this exposition as well as like um, uh, the more you know-ish speeches about privilege. Like the point is well taken because the point is always well taken. But I feel like we spent two full episodes, like whenever we were with him, he was talking about the neighborhood and doing what's right. And the writing for that guy in particular was Garabaggio. (laughs) And then it just took so long to get them all in the same place. that it's like, I have any use for one and a half of these franchises. And 
it took so long to get them on the elevator together that the minute the doors closed, I was like, and I'm done. Like, yeah, yeah. I was done after episode three. How far did you guys get? Well, Dave and I watched it all because we watched the first five sort of in in one fast go just because we had nothing else to do that day. Um, and then when we went to resume it later, the, just to see how much more, there were only three. So at, by that point, it was like, well, let's we might as well finish if there's only eight. Sure. But even so, like considering it's far shorter than any of the other, the, any of the seasons of any of the other shows, which we've talked about when we've talked about those individual series, like I, I just could not believe how slow it was. Dave, this was a complaint of yours too. Yeah. I mean, they seem to, even if they actually answer everybody's main criticism of, you know, the, the Marvel series and reduce the number of episodes per season, they still can't seem to fill them properly. Uh, the pacing, just as everybody was saying of the, meeting of the minds was 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 off i mean i think you have to build a series especially a big uh pop culture series like this with the assumption that people know something about it going in you know at least on first view right i mean people know that this is the culmination of these other four series and this is the avengers of the netflix marvel you know um properties well and it's also not like people will be dialing past it on traditional tv like yeah you yeah you went to it on netflix so presume everyone has a basic grounding like you said yeah anyway sorry continue it's eight eight episodes you could actually cut out the first six yeah Yeah. episodes watch the last two (laughs) and that's those are the only two that actually move things along only because they're getting to a resolution of where people will actually start right. falling off the cast list menace of the hand is not that menacing in episode one it never becomes menacing throughout the series like for yeah. for uh the name of a group that fills everybody with such dread they sure seem like they don't have their shit together <laughs> and also the heroes seem like they don't are not nearly as powerful as they have been in the past it's like everybody forgot the level at which how people fight like everything seemed to be brought down a bit like everything was 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 at ebb and that was really weird because nobody really seemed except for maybe luke cage just picking up people and throwing them around and stopping swords with his you know hand and stuff everybody else kind of seemed pretty normal and the hand didn't really seem like elite ninja club anymore they just seemed like your typical throw all the red shirts you can one at a time as they beat them down. <laughs> and it, it was just a very odd tone that there just seemed to be no stakes here. Adam, how many did you watch? Uh, I watched four and I probably would have stopped after three, which is kind of my standard, you know, review threshold mm-hmm. if we have them. Um, but at the end of episode two it seemed like they were getting together um and then they didn't which was really frustrating but i will say i mean to be a little positive about it it, it I, th- I thought it was best whenever they were together um either in pairs or all four um and that might just be because jessica jones makes fun of the other <laughs> yeah, people a lot yes. um and i mean that's a joke but it's not like i i want these shows to be lighter you know my favorite of the marvel movies is thor which is <laughs> stupid and so like giving like putting her in the mix, I thought was really useful to, to, to add some humor and to also like call people on their shit, which, you know, uh, these people need to, 
to be called on. But so, yeah, this is the end of episode two. It kind of seemed like it was happening. And then episode three was a slog. And I was like, well, we have the fourth screener. I might as well. Now they're finally together. So I watched that and it was also a slog. And then we thought about watching more over the weekend on Netflix and like read the episode titles. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. There's no need. Yeah, and, and it doesn't. It's a lot of TV. Much like seriously, the only. I mean, I'm going to spoil stuff. And see, at the end of episode six, uh, Electra as Black Sky just up and just surprise kills Sigourney Weaver's character. Done. She's out of the show. Why was that character in it to start with? She didn't do anything. You never learned about her past or really her motivations that seemed to be slightly different than everybody else's in the hand. She just was a name for the marquee, it seems like, and they didn't really know how to proceed with her. You know, it just did not pull together. And especially, you know, the pinnacle achievement of Marvel Street Team series. Like, this is wonderful. They all get together. Get excited. About what? You know, <laughs> what, what am I getting excited well, about? Well, and if you want people to get excited, don't lead with Iron Fist in the premiere. Yes. Yeah. I fast forwarded through his scenes after that. I was like, I don't care. Someone will explain it if it matters. Oh, right. It doesn't. In the scenes where they're all fighting, like, show me the fights. I mean, it, this, this, this suffers from born identityism where <laughs> they are faking a really well choreographed fight with quick cuts and sort of impossible angles and, and whatnot and darkness. Like, oh, the darkness in this show, mm -hmm. like uh, everything takes place in a uh, blue tinted cave or apartment with the lights off or something like that. Very dark show. The fights are very, for a show that has all these heroes together fighting. The fights should have been way more fun. And they were really generic. Like there was better fight scenes in all the other episodes, all the other series, which is weird. Like it just didn't seem like they... They were so worried about getting here that they forgot about what to do here. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And the also Black Sky <laughs> is supposed to be this like, you know, they spent all their goo credits on Black Sky, right? The hand, like they yeah. only had so much more of their, their elixir and they used it all to bring Electra back as Black Sky and she's going to be this super weapon. I called it she Immortal sucked. Gravy. Yeah, she sucked. She never got, yeah, what do you call it? Immortal Gravy. <laughs> immortal Gravy. She never fights like something that you should be scared of. Like she could have been just another one of the hands sort of upper echelon henchmen. Like that's at the level in which she fought. And it's just like the show never sold me on the superness of any of these heroes. And this, it was just a weird, like how did they miss that? How did this, you know, this, this run at a seven instead of like at 11 all the time, which it and was not for nothing. Like, I understand it's difficult to get stunt people who match up with, for example, someone as uh, petite as Sarah Michelle Geller. With Sigourney Weaver, you ain't got that problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get someone who's not five foot two. She's taller yeah. than I am. But they cut away. And it was yeah. She also wears an amazing coat in every <laughs> yeah, scene, right. which was like the high point for me. But also you can, that means you yes. can cover the stunt well, person why, with a coat. He was always in coats. For Easy. Sure. Yeah. Her... Her in this, oh. her in the show, Sigourney Weaver. Just to get back to that point, I feel like it's it's it, there's now a rule where every actress of that stature has to do a stint in a superhero movie. Like Holly Hunter's done it, Julianne Moore's about to do it. Like they've all 
everyone gets a turn like, yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. Well, and like she lives in New York. They shoot sure. in New York. I'm sure it was attractive yeah. for her to do. I mean, I always like her. She was and and she you're right about the writing not serving her, um, you know, but at least when she's on screen, like there's a presence that I mm-hmm. want to be looking at unlike Iron Fist. Um, so I appreciated her as Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I just kept hoping I didn't necessarily need sense. to see her eating lunch for what felt like a week so that it could no. be like, oh yes, I ate this in the 15th century. Hint, hint. Like, we got it the first couple times. We don't need to eat, watch you eating that Mongolian Beethoven, bull he balls. he was a real card. <laughs> One would assume... <laughs> yeah, that was another thing where it was it was never clear to me what the rules were for their immortality. Like if she's immortal then why is she dying? Like I don't get what the what is the what I just didn't understand what the rules were. Especially since a bunch of them ended up getting killed. So and if she has to jump into another host body, just fucking tell us that in the first 10 minutes so that we care and there are stakes, but no. Well, it was because they needed dinosaur bones to make more goo. Oh, right. Or dragon bones, rather. Right. Then they used it all on Black Sky, the world's most disappointing super assassin. <clears throat> and uh, so n- now that their bodies were wearing out, they didn't have any backup goo. That's why they kept on saying, you spent our last goo credits yeah, on okay. Black Sky and she sucks. It was because <laughs> that was... <laughs> That's actual really dialogue. Have... <laughs> Dave is not paraphrasing. Um, they didn't really have enough to go around for very long anyways, but immediately that was the issue. Right. They, yeah. Okay, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, it was It was just like, it, it just should have been better. Like, it, this 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 is the show that, like, everything was building towards and it just did not deliver. It mm-hmm. just, it was... You know, it wasn't so, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was fine. Yes. That is the most damning thing we could say about this. (laughs) Like weirdly worse than it is, but like, I mean, you guys have talked about this before. There's so much TV and, you know, I didn't finish Luke Cage, which I liked, but you know, and I, I looked this up. Luke Cage started at the end of September last year, along with everything else, which explains why I never finished it, even though I like him. But it's not as good as it needed to be yeah. right and it never seemed to really get up to speed right you know it just kind of was you know sticking to surface streets and never got on the highway and just let it out yeah it's just like if you're sort of only in it for like two or fewer of these of these characters then this is not worth it and yeah. you could just google whatever happens and when these things come back for their next seasons. And if it's something that you care about, just Google the fill in information or they'll exposit about it for 15 minutes and you'll be all caught up. Yay. Yeah. yeah. And why is he blind? Why yes. is this character blind? It doesn't do anything to his character. He has no limitations when it comes to his blindness, like zero. It's, yeah. No, every time he did something that a sighted person did, I was like, why did he pick up that coat? Did he hear that coat sitting on the chair? Like nothing, nothing made sense. (laughs) Well, as Dave put it on Twitter over the weekend, uh, watching Daredevil listen to things is perhaps a sign of post peak TV. And (laughs) from your tweet to God's ears, because really, or Daredevils, whichever. Like the only thing that would be unique about daredevil is like if you're his friend like all the things you can't get away with because he has like basically super sight right and super hearing and everything like he has he's blind but he's not he's actually he's doubled up on everything like you can't uh 
like let a silent but deadly one go right because he'll know he'll hear it he'll hear your heartbeat start to rise like i gotta get away with it and then he'll hear that <laughs> this is already so much more interesting than anything that happened in the defenders the defarters <laughs> one last thing since we're being petty the 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 stupidest thing of when they all finally do join up to fight is that it's three people in street clothes and daredevil like they they he looks like such an extra oh, yeah. asshole in his red suit with his dumb horns on <laughs> Jessica Jones there like her motorcycle jacket oh god <clears throat> I didn't even realize that yeah the suit no good. <laughs> You know, I always like it when something is is in that sweet spot of bad, but not so bad. I mean, I don't like watching it, but it's really fun to talk about that kind of thing and just bang on it for a while. It's very cathartic, especially for me, who's running on 90 minutes sleep. This is Around the (laughs) Dial. It's Tara's turn. Go, Tara. <laughs> well, first I'll say thank you, Adam, for suffering through that sh- that show in order to come back here and pitch us on your canon, which I know is the real reason you're here. Um, well, also I didn't I didn't want to have watched I didn't want to have watched Daredevil for no reason. No. So or Defenders, whatever the hell it's called, uh, was the other I one. Get it. Um, suffer through the Defenders. They just know, exist. I, it really, I mean, it's true. Like, not to, we've already moved on, but it, like, I feel like we made it sound so much worse than it is. Yeah. And it's we also may have fine. made it sound more interesting than it is. Yeah, but it's the same. Right. It's the same point right. that we keep making over and over again, which is there. Are- oh, wow, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It's time for the dial for stop. That was my fault. I let us down. Okay. That <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. Um, <laughs> Speaking of shows in peak TV that are good and worth your time, um, unless you ask Adam, who is wrong. Uh, just wanted to get back to the class. And it's also about the joining of four superheroes coming together under one roof to fight evil. True. Five. Five superheroes. True. Um, <clears throat> and one of them is Carrie Preston and nobody can be mad about that. No, it's that. true. <laughs> Maybe someone can do a, 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 a translation of who in the defenders maps onto who in the Claws universe. Cause I would be here for it. But, um, Claws finale, we didn't get to talk about it last week because of our, um, giant FMK marathon. Uh, God, it was good. Such a good first season, really strong finale. Um, some of it just got reset in ways that we figured like, of course they're not going to move over to glint. Desna's not going to have a new good life yet. Of course the doctor is not what he seemed, but Still, the acting is so good. The writing just pops like even the stuff that you can see coming feels surprising and new and fresh. Um, I love Claw so much. It was for sure my favorite big surprise of this uh, of summer 2017. And um, Niecy Nash deserves a thousand Emmys. She's so good in this part. She's always good in everything she does. But I feel like this is finally the first thing that I've seen her in that's like up to that lets her play all of the the colors that she can play, which I think I said when we were talking about the premiere back in, I mean, 10, 11 weeks ago. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the fight scene over the, um, emotional song at she, she's was a series high. So if you were not caught up, I'm trying to be, to be somewhat discreet about it for people that might be a couple of weeks behind. Sarah might be among you. Uh, I um, am Claws. That's okay. Claws paid off like a motherfucker. Um, if you didn't watch it, you should. Um, it was great. 
And um, just a brief mention that Episodes is also back. Uh, we watched the premiere on Sunday uh, for its final season on Showtime. The least SEO friendly show there is. <laughs> I had to, to explain to Dave like five times on Sunday. Can we just switch over to the DVR? I forget if I scheduled episodes and he was like, what? Had no idea what I was talking about because it's a really bad title. But everything is different now. Um, <clears throat> Sean and Beverly are writing on a new sitcom with their shitty showrunner and Matt is uh fucking up his um his own version of chris hardwick on the wall he's on this trashy like weird reality competition show and in the premiere uh basically sets himself up to get fired in a major major way by getting drunk wandering through the set where these contestants have to be 24 hours and are on a live feed and um jerks off to the hottest girl in the box because of course he does um yeah, we don't see anything. We just see his terrible decision making. Um, so Bat LeBlanc is kind of a com- a problematic character as a person. Um, he's one of these celebrities who's a car guy, which nothing is more boring. But um, he, his, he's really funny on this show. I'm glad he got to do it. And I'm slightly sad it's the final season. But at the same time, it feels like that's probably enough. Dave, would you agree? I would say nothing more boring except perhaps the Defenders. <laughs> Adam Grossworth, it is your turn. Uh, so they are doing uh, the brickwork outside my building and they waited until the part of the podcast where I have to talk a lot all at once. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, but for Around the Dial, I want to talk about So You Think You Can Dance, uh, which we don't talk about enough, um, perhaps because we thought it was going to be canceled yeah. two years ago. And then it came back with all kids, which I admit I did not watch. Um, but now it's back for real for season 14. Maybe it's the last season. Maybe they're going to keep going. I really have no idea. Um, I sort of I, like I get why it's not a bigger deal. I feel like we all have talent show fatigue. And, um, you know, even though I'm a like a musical theater nerd, I, I've never been a big fan of watching dance that's just dance without a story. And so I ignored this show for years. And then Joe Reed made me watch it. So thank you, Joe Reed. Um, it's really good, you guys. Like, it's really like the dancing is is beautiful. It's also really well made for TV. Um, like if you've ever watched a badly produced Tony Award, it's not that. Um, and I would totally watch a spinoff about the costume and lighting departments. <laughs> um, it can get a little gimmicky. They change the format every couple of years um, a little bit. This year, the contestants are paired up with um, with former contestants uh, who they call all stars, which they're not really stars, but that's fine. Um, and the talking can get a little bit much, but the dancers are really great. Um, they all uh work most of them like almost any show on broadway right now almost any you know big pop star doing an arena tour with backup dancers there's gonna be so you think you can dance alums there um and you can pick up at any point um i think now is actually perfect because we're through the initial auditions um so i would say just watch next week dvr it so you can fast forward through the parts that are less dancey <laughs> uh or watch it online um it's really great and i wish more people were watching and talking about it uh, for my plug, um, as Tara mentioned up top, uh, I'm the co-host of the Two Spotted Dicks on the Great British Bake Off podcast. And we just learned that uh, the next season of the show is starting in the UK next week, yeah. which was a bit of a surprise. So um, rather than following the PBS uh, schedule for next season, we're going to follow the UK schedule, which means we're back next week. Um, actually, without me, because yeah. I'm out of town, but we'll figure that Got out. a little programming and, uh, note about co-host. that. Dave, do you want to pop in here and tell people about it? 
Uh, Adam's away, so I'll sub for Adam while he's away. Yeah! Oh, woo! It's going to be awesome with uh, with Danny McEachern. It's going to be great. Um, and uh, if you are a listener in uh, or a viewer of British Bake Off in New York or one of the other cities whose PBS station is weird, uh, they still haven't finished the last season. Oh my God. So um, you can catch up and catch up on the podcast uh, that finishes this weekend. Sarah Debunting. Hello. Uh, Project Runway is back for season 76. Um, just kidding. Somehow it's only season 16. Um, it like it seems to be in fine fettle, but there have been a couple of uh, slightly upsetting changes. Uh, yes, I'm going to talk about the twins. Yes, that's one of the upsetting changes. First of all, the accessories wall is now JCPenney. Um, oh, I didn't even notice that. Like, look, I'm I'm wearing a skirt from JCPenney right now, and I'm not ashamed of it. But I'm a budge person, and it was seventeen dollars. Like, that's not. It's just sliding. Like you've it, always said that about you, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be on my tombstone, along with that little fart. A cloud. tiny little tombstone made out of styrofoam. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on a popsicle stick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my crafty tombstone um in the middle of somebody's farm because you don't want to pay for a lot yeah yeah i get it do you have anything else in this bit or can i talk no <laughs> maybe later i'll interrupt i'm, you I'm later. asking i I'm, I'm here to hear all about it some other time uh there's another twist in season 16 which is that the models are of all sizes up to i mean not really all sizes up to size 22 which they seem to think is gigantic uh the Models will all be shuffled every week. So each time the designer gets a different model. Uh, in the premiere, that led to some triumph over adversity and some scary unicorn sack foolishness. Uh, yeah. The judge's way of talking about dressing all sizes of woman is not great so far. It's kind of condescending and self-congratulatory. Um, Nina Garcia, of all people, burbling that that's life as a designer having to dress all sizes of woman. Like she's not in Marie Claire every month recommending Swarovski studded price upon request shoe tees from Prada. Like girl, don't, don't front. You're not, you're not down with even. Well, and also 10. like this, all of the, the, the tone of like we're woke fashion people now when you can talk to any actual female performer who's over the size of like four about what it's like to get dressed for any red carpet. Like that's, that's not life. That's not life. Even for women who are like in, in the smaller end of standard sizes, like Rachel Bloom was just writing about it this week, like how she has to buy a lot of her own clothes because like the designers that give you freebies for the shit and you can't wear anything twice. Don't have your size if you have boobs. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think fashion is trying like fashion editorial is trying to, but it's still in such a like magical fat lady place with like, here's a lady who's a size 18 and she's got style. Like she's a unicorn, like settle down. The internet's been here a while. Chill out. <laughs> anyway, at, like at least they're trying. And I hope that as the season goes on, some of the like self-regard surrounding this decision, which probably should have been made at least two seasons ago when a plus size designer designing for plus size people won the season, whatever it's, it's a start. Uh, I hope. Um, and then there are the twins who I like, they need so much attention already that I don't really want to 
give them that much more. But uh, I agree with you, Twitter. They're terrible and a lot. And you get a lot of fun talking heads about how terrible they are in imitating their speech patterns. And I think at least one of them is going to go home pretty soon. So, yeah, I'm back in for another season. Like, you know, it's it's fun and I'm I'm not really invested in it, but. I just hope Tim doesn't piss me off like he was starting to do last year and the year before. Tara, are you going to keep watching? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's there's nothing that the show could do that would make me stop watching it, probably. In fact, I don't even mind the twins that much. It's a gimmick that they're there, but I thought they were fine. Yeah, I mean, whatever. they're, They're annoying, but there's still a ton of people and you're not spending too much time with them. So if they go home soon, that would be great. Yep. My plug, speaking of Two Spotted Dicks co-hosts, uh, is for my other podcast, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. The Mark is Mark Blankenship. And in our episode this week, uh, we'll be discussing for episode 69, haha, the summer of 69, eh. haha, suggested by Danny McEachran, who is our guest on the episode. We talk about all sorts of things, including CanCon, whether Brian Adams should wear eyeliner, and uh, many, many interesting facts about the videos from the Reckless album. You should definitely check it out. That's Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and you can follow us on Twitter at TalkSongs. Is this worse than jazz? Hello, I am here to ask you this question. Is Netflix new auto trailer preview videos on certain platforms worse than jazz? Let me explain what what they've done. So it used to be, say, if you went on Apple TV or on their web client and probably other like sort of fancier uh, set top boxes. I don't know which ones off the top of my head. You used to go there, and when you went to, say, Bojack Horseman or Orange is a New Black, there'd be a big sort of hero image of that with, you know, play and see all seasons and whatnot. Now, when you go to that same page, after like a half a second or a second or so, it starts playing with audio, either a trailer or a scene or a preview from that property. And it's not just a few properties. It's like a lot of stuff has this auto auto video preview thing going on. Um, I think we as a society are capable of making a choice whether or not we want to go from a static experience into an interactive or rather into a, a multimedia experience and p- press the button that says watch trailer, watch preview, see ad or whatever. Uh, this is sort of like, you know, the days of uh, eye blaster ads where they used to pop in over the screen and, you know, uh, rappel down from the top of the screen and shoot your web page full of holes and all that kind of stuff. It's very intrusive. <laughs> uh, have you guys experienced this? And what is your take? I have not experienced it. Um, but I will still agree with you that it is worse than jazz because it drives me so crazy. Um just in other aspects of life, like that there's still autoplay on like the Hills website on like TV guides listings. I, I cannot deal with it. Uh, and if it's doing that on like a Netflix interface, that's horrible. Jazz can be avoided. That kind of can't. So I think it's worse than jazz. Adam. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say it's not 
worse than jazz. I have experienced it. Um, and they don't they don't bother me too much, I think, because of context, right? Because I'm on Netflix, I'm on my TV, I'm not trying to, you know, read something on the web and a video I can't find is playing. Um, I'm much more irritated by the way Netflix will jump to the next episode while I'm actually trying to read the credits or listen to the song that's playing on uh-huh. American Summer, uh, which actually would cut off, like, during the acting credits, you know, with all those guest stars, not even, like, waiting for yeah, the crew. Yeah, I had to, like, tell it to go back also, and they watch should. a bunch of times. That was super annoying. You're right. Yeah, I just went to IMDb. But, like, you know, you, in principle, it's annoying. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, no, not worse than jazz. Um, I see Let's your point, but him. they don't bug me. Uh, I <laughs> I have experienced it. I don't think it's worse than jazz just because you can get out of it just with a quick um, back click, whereas jazz surrounds you and gets in you and uh, <laughs> is, invades your lungs and all your organs. And uh, that's, that's <laughs> like bed bugs gets in you. eh? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, you're wrong. It's worse than jazz. Uh, and it's just <laughs> the start of this. You know, don't forget, you have to fight these early fights so that doesn't get worse later where, you know, it'll start feeding you things, you know, videos for things you might like after Bojack Horseman. Like, oh, here's a Family Guy trailer. Dun, dun, dun. Then you're watching Family Guy. So fuck you guys worse than jazz. <laughs> it is time for the canon. Adam, take it away. <laughs> Uh, okay, I keep muting because of the construction, and so I'm flustered. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to stay flustered because I do not expect this to get into the canon. Um, but I happened to see the original trailer for this recently for work, and I may have wept a little bit at work. Uh, and so I've been to watch this again ever since then, so I'm just taking the Kim Reed approach and uh, forcing uh, Sarah and Dave Um to watch a, a famously troubled show. And I, I admit that, and that's what this will come up, but um, I love it completely, unironically, not in a so bad it's good way. I recognize its flaws, but I truly admire its ambition and the things that it did well. And even knowing what's coming, uh, I still think that the premiere episode is one of my favorite pilots of all time. Uh, it does so many of the things that a pilot has to do well. And, um, you know, I remember that people were really excited when the show premiered, and I think this episode is a big part of why. And I am talking, of course, about Smash season one, episode one. So right from the first shot, uh, the show is establishing its world and the visual visual vocabulary as we fade in on a girl with a hunger for fame. And she is playing Dorothy in a production of The Wizard of Oz. But she's not. It's an audition. And uh, a cell phone rings. The casting director answers it. And it's a really efficient introduction to Karen Cartwright. It instantly tells us basically everything we need to know about her acting career, which is that it's not going very well. Um, next, we meet Tom, played by Christian Borle, uh, who has just returned from a trip, and his new assistant, Ellis, who has been house-sitting, and his writing partner and best friend, Julia, who is wearing an absurd <laughs> scarf. And Julia, of course, is played by Deborah Messing. And again, this is a very efficient introduction that avoids feeling uh, too piloty. Um, and it's also our first clip, which is a little bit long, and I actually made some internal cuts, so, so don't at me, smash heads. Um, but it's going to establish a lot about these characters and the show. And Dave, that's clip Did one. Did you see this? They're going ahead with my fair lady, Derek Wills. Oh, God. Oh, come on. You know he's a terrific director. Oh, don't even. I mean, don't oh, even. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Revivals and movies. Why doesn't anyone do new musicals anymore? New book. New songs. We write new musicals. I thought we were taking a break. We are. I'm just saying, you know, 
in general. Oh, let me get that out of your way. You were looking at that? Yeah, I hope that's okay. Of course it's okay. When you house it for someone, you're allowed to read the books. Oh, Marilyn, so beautiful and tragic. I think she'd make a great musical. They tried it, it was a huge, huge flop. flop. Besides, everyone's doing her now. Doesn't that mean people like her? Yes, it means that, but that doesn't mean she'd make a good musical. Well, I like Wicked and Jersey Boys. Who'd have thought those would be good musicals? She married Joe DiMaggio. You could do a baseball number. Indeed they could. Uh, Julia goes home to her husband and her idiot teenage son, where she receives an update on their plans to adopt a baby from China. Uh, I would like to ignore the adoption storyline, uh, which will become one of Smash's most problematic, as with the fact that Frank, like the spouse on a cop show, uh, didn't seem to know what Julia did for a living when he married her. But rewatching this, I think the storyline is actually pretty useful here in that it establishes um, that as an artist, Julia will become all consumed by an idea. And on a more practical level, writing a musical is a lot of work for which she may never get paid. Uh, and that Tom is like a second husband in a lot of ways. Uh, Frank and Leo have a right to find her lack of work-life balance frustrating and be jealous of it. And Julia also has a right to tell them to fuck off. So given all this, it's never really clear in later episodes why anybody wants to adopt the baby. But I'm fine with it for now. Uh, and while we're here, Frank and Leo also admit that Marilyn Monroe is a good idea for a musical. Tom pops backstage at his and Julia's currently running Broadway show, and we're introduced to Ivy Lynn, played by Megan Hilty, uh, who we actually met very briefly uh, when she auditioned after Karen at the top of the episode. Uh, and she didn't get the part either, and she tells Tom that she's sick of being in the chorus, which gives him the idea to use her for the demo for the Marilyn musical, which obviously he and Julia are moving forward with. And again, it's just very efficient. It establishes their friendship quickly. It establishes the world of the show by showing him backstage and then in her dressing room. Uh, Karen and her boyfriend, Dev, have dinner with Karen's visiting parents, who are played by Dylan and Becky Ann Baker, and that's clip two. Goodness. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Midwest, uh, you know, the prices are different, but I'm sure the food here is delicious. I'm taking you, Mom. Oh, that's not necessary. I know it's not necessary, but I want to. Karen, we know what kind of money you make. You're a waitress. I'll pay for dinner. She's an actress, not a waitress. You don't have to tell me that. She did The Sound of Music in high school. Everybody talked about it for weeks. What a voice! Who knew that, man? All this. Okay, I'm not getting into this again, Dad. No, no, sweetie, we're not getting into anything. We're just so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you, too. He worries. Mom. No, it's so competitive and all that rejection, so we worry. Of course we worry. Well, sometimes dreams are hard. And sometimes, sweetie, dreams just don't mix with reality. That's why it's so extraordinary when someone like Karen follows her heart. She has so much courage. I think she's a star. I love that scene because everybody gets to be right. <laughs> like, we're obviously meant to think that her dad is being an asshole, and he is, but he's also not wrong. Um, so everybody ends to gets to end the scene still looking good. Especially uh, her I think boyfriend. it was a brilliant choice to cast the Bakers uh, together. <laughs> Well, yeah. yes. And he gets to be British. No uncomfortable American yep. accents for anybody. Um, so that was a lot of character introductions, but it is a pilot after all, and it never feels to me, at least, like a slog. Um, Ellis then films the recording session for the demo and posts it on YouTube, for which Tom naturally fires him. Um, but then Ellis shows up later to apologize in clip three. I was just so excited to be here, to be a part of this, even in such a 
trivial way. Not that helping you guys is trivial. Far from it. I just... In high school, I worked props for three on a match. That was our first hit. It wasn't actually a hit. It had a respectable run. 82 performances. I felt happy. Even just being backstage, I don't know. I felt whole. So Ellis is the worst, but this feels really real to me. I have been that idiot in turn. And also all of this theater changes lives. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. Stuff. Um and uh also a little bit of the process that we get to see at the recording session um and also all of the real life broadway name dropping that happens whenever they talk about the video going viral those will all become hallmarks of the show um moving through its two seasons we finally meet producer eileen rand played by angelica houston whose messy divorce has scuttled her planned show uh and because the video has gone viral and everybody loves it um she decides to meet with tom and julia to grab marilyn before anybody else she suggests Derek Wills to direct it, but Tom isn't into it, and that is clip oh, four. We're so hard on each other in this business, but let me tell you, he has mellowed considerably. Oh, he would have had to have a complete personality change as well as a sex change for me to even consider it. <laughs> well. But don't well. Oh, don't even well. Well, well, what? Well, he's really talented, Tom. You know, a lot of people are talented. We are in an industry which is lousy with talent. Is it too much to ask for kindness to? Am I a crazy person because I still expect people to be, if not lovely, at least civil in this terrible business? Well, let's just have him take a look at the material. See if anything sparks. If it does, he'll show us one number. So he'll audition. I don't want him to audition. So you don't think it would be fun to watch Derek crawl? Yes, actually, that might be fun. Uh, Eileen meets with Derek, played by Jack Davenport, who is the best in clip five. Eileen, be real. For me to audition, Marilyn herself would have to pop out of that envelope and do me right here. 
and cut to, of course, Derek choreographing the baseball number in a rehearsal studio with Ivy as Marilyn. Uh, he shows it to Tom, Julia, Eileen, and Ellis, and it cuts between the studio and the same number of fully costumed and lit on a stage, um, which will be the language of the show throughout its run. And it's also just a great number. Um, Eileen is ready to move forward with a workshop and gets Tom and Derek to agree to work together. And so they start auditioning Marilyn's in clip six. What about Scarlett Johansson? Why isn't she on the list? We're talking to her people. Kristen Chenoweth. I discovered her. This isn't her part. Maybe we could maybe offer it to someone who we know, who is great, even though she's not famous. Just a thought. Ivy Lynn is coming in. Which I don't even okay. think she should have to, but she said she would. She's really being a trooper about this. I don't need a trooper, Tom. I need an icon. Look, guys, I love the songs. The book needs work. But you don't honestly think I would be here if I didn't think you had something. But without a Marilyn, you've got nothing. Uh, so Karen comes in to audition um, and uh, she uh, is played, I didn't say before, by Kat McPhee. Um, and she sings Christina Aguilera is beautiful, which is a terrible choice for this audition and was super overplayed when this airs. Uh, it was in all the commercials, but she's actually great. Um, I still get chills watching this and I hate Catherine McPhee. Um, the reaction shots really sell it. It's incredibly well directed. And um, while it's always sort of nonsense that Ivy wouldn't get it, the scene for at least two minutes makes makes me buy it. <clears throat> um, Karen and Ivy both get callbacks. And after a scene of Derek maybe trying to sleep with Karen and maybe just trying to suss her out for the role, but definitely being a creep that lets us know that Derek is gross, but somehow makes me love him more and also shows that Karen isn't quite as naive as she seems. We then get a montage of everyone getting ready for callbacks set to Karen and Ivy singing a Marilyn song that we haven't heard yet. It's the first time the show actually becomes a musical with people singing outside of a rehearsal or audition setting. Um, and of course, it's also the song that they're preparing for the audition. It's about Marilyn Monroe, but it's also about the callback. And it creates a perfect cliffhanger for the, for the episode in the same way that a good act one finale does in a musical. It's basically everything I love about musical theater. And if you watch it and you don't get caught up in it, I think you might be dead inside. <laughs> and I couldn't not send us off with a clip. And that's it. episode the, and it's a great pitch. great pilot i had more problems with the show going forward than you did but that said if it had gone on for 500 seasons that were each worse than the last i still would have kept watching it like it's <clears throat> there's nothing it could have done like project <laughs> runway there's nothing it could have done that would have made me bail out on it um <clears throat> and i think the that said though i think the pilot is the strongest episode of the series so it was a good choice um, I don't agree with you as much about Karen that her beautiful audition 
drives me crazy. And I texted you while we were watching it that this time was the first uh, that occurred to me to wonder what she was like trying to sing presumably Fräulein Maria in The Sound of Music when she was in high school and doing it with all this stupid poppy melisma like she does in her Broadway audition. Sure. Like, you're right. You, and you you said this too, but it's, it is preposterous to think that Karen would ever get anything over Ivy. And that's my favorite thing about watching the pilot again is that Ivy is the best. Like, she's such a star. She's much more interesting. Uh, we only get glancing references to her life, which I think end up getting retconned. Like, there's something about a car dealership when she calls home that's like, yeah. oh, that's not the daughter of a Broadway legend, which she ends up being later. Like, that's a different backstory for her, but that's fine. I assume that was because someone was like, that's too much like Karen's story and or someone got Bernadette Peters to play her mother. Anyway, it was it was so much fun to watch. I think you hit on everything. I love the uh, you mentioned Tom as Julia's other husband. He really is the clip that you played where they they both. um say it was a flop at the same time like i like their partner chemistry even though she is fucking terrible um especially <laughs> she has a lot of bad moments in this episode and walking around her bedroom freaking out over richard or what's a face riedel riedel michael riedel, michael uh, riedel. in yeah. her pajamas with a scarf with like riedel. you're indoors i know it's supposed to be fall or whatever but jesus christ with the scarves all the time you never lived um, in a chilly but- apartment I don't know, I guess. Like, they have a nice house, though. Like, they have a whole house in Brooklyn. Anyway, who knows? Fine. I'll I'll allow that one. I I wear scarves in bed all the time. Shit is old. Anyway. Okay, fine. (laughs) Um... And uh, one of the details that I'm surprised you didn't mention as giving it verisimilitude was uh, when Ivy... Uh, is backstage and starts ripping up her, her wig and one of the other chorus or girls is like, Ivy, stop. They fine you for that. Like those are the kind of details that they were yeah. so good at working in and making them not seem too like uh, self-conscious. Um, at least at first, I think they got worse at that, but uh, on the whole, this is a great presentation and the pilot of smash is for sure the best of smash. So thank you for letting only me watch it again. The others will have different things to say. I am sure (laughs) Sarah, I really think Dave should go next. Oh, this episode is just like, it's like the show could have called trope, you know, and, and (laughs) with an exclamation point. And and the, all the letters have little light bulbs in them, uh, because you know this was basically like trope building blocks stuck on each other, and the characters aren't very nuanced, and they are quite predictable. Um, but you can't deny the production values here. The songs are really catchy, and are these new songs for the show? Yes, yes. I think this is Except one of those vertical yeah. market canon pitches that you know might not sell. Uh, outside of people that are just like really in tune with exploring musical theater. Like, I understand why this is appealing. It was fine. It was enjoyable. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's like great TV. I think it's a uh, fun TV probably. And, uh, you know, not fun enough for me, but it was fun. Sarah. Um, okay. Uh, I have a number of notes starting with the scarves. The, like I loved that. It was like a different one in every scene. I, I mean, I'm, like married to a theater actor. This is really a thing. <laughs> like there's just scarves all the time, even in August. I I think now it's become this like self-conscious thing that no one actually even needs anymore. I don't care. I kind of love it. Um, 
You know the expression that uh, people like to eat sausage, but they don't want to see how the sausage is made? I'm the opposite. <laughs> I don't eat sausage. I'm totally happy to see how it's made and see the process. Uh, this is kind of the same. Despite having survived a cop rock rewatch with Adam, I was actually pretty excited to see what this would be like. <laughs> For the record, it was not my idea. But you were extremely informative like on this. many topics, uh, unlike cop rock. Um, so this was like fun to see all the like little to hear all the name dropping and like watch her sort of correct people in auditions. And then they didn't really explain it that much. Um, I am totally sorry for the husband because he ends up being Hannah's dad in 13 reasons why, and she killed herself. So it would be nice for that actor's characters to have something good happen to them. Deborah messing. (laughs) I mean, he was the original King George and Hamilton. We don't need to cry for Brian Dorsey James. He's fine. I'm feeling sad for him lately. Yeah. I will also note that from um, a baseball standpoint, the baseball number is garbage. I'm I'm not going to get into it, but there's no reason to ever mention well, a yeah. base coach. No one cares. That annoyed me for 10 minutes. <laughs> but I want to keep watching the show. Like, even if it turns what? into a hate watch, I totally want to keep watching the show. So someone is going to have to lend me oh. DVDs. Let's vote. I I will, yeah. I will send them to you <laughs> immediately. Wow. <laughs> What a turnaround. I did not see that coming. <laughs> so shall we put this to a vote? Yes. Tara Ariano. I vote yay. Sarah Bunting. I also vote yay. I'm going to vote nay, but I get it, guys. So that means... What? <laughs> Smash. Season one, episode one, The Pilot. You are hereby inducted into the extra hot gray cannon. Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Yup. It is time for winner and a loser of the week. Tara has her winner. Winner of the week is Gina Torres because her character is going to be the basis for a Suits spinoff. Suits, the show oh, your nice. mom's f- best friend loves, um, is uh, having a spinoff uh which involves her character moving to Chicago, apparently, because that's what everyone's doing now, I guess, even though it's not on NBC or produced by Dick Wolf. But um, (laughs) hers was the only character I ever cared about when I still watched that show. I would call that a casualty on my own personal DVR of PTV, where it's like it was fine, but it was harder every week to justify continuing to watch it when there were other shows to watch, like at the time justified uh but i love gina torres i want her to be successful i look forward to seeing press shots in my feeds of her in various gorgeous suits so good for her not so good for her former colleague though sarah oh god yeah you know i never really liked her in any of joss whedon's properties but i liked her in suits when i watched it anyway um joss whedon got uh stripped bare by his ex-wife kai cole who was like um yeah he basically was fucking everyone behind my back when we were married and then he tried to mansplain his infidelities to me using capitalism so his feminism is totally phony and of course twitter blew up and look you could still love Buffy and whatever else you love of his, except not really Firefly, because come on, guys, can we not with that anymore? <laughs> and I will try to find the thread on Twitter for the show notes. But uh, someone basically turned him inside out for that and was like, forget the feminism nonsense. Like Firefly is kind of <laughs> racist against Asians, except for the kind of part. 
Mm-hmm. I'll I'll track the threat down, but it was uh, eye opening to say the least. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I've been kind of over it with Joss Whedon for a while, and n- like that he basically gaslighted her by being like, "Well, but I'm powerful now, and what did you expect me to do? I still love you, though." Like, man, <laughs> I mean. That's that's tough, but also not that much of a surprise. And uh, no. good for you, Kai Cole. And she didn't really get into the gory details either. She just like gave his side of some conversations that they had. And it's not flattering. Very mansplainy. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Doing it also can be tough, but not surprising. <laughs> Game time. <laughs> good segue, Game. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is the second game time of the season. The standings currently are Sarah one, everybody else zero. Today, we are playing Dead Like Me from Rachel P, who earns herself an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of her choosing. In this game time, we will be quizzing you on memorable, some more than others, TV deaths. You will be given a character name. And if you get the cause of death, you get two points. If you need a hint, I can give you the show title, after which the correct answer is worth one point. There are 45 questions. Dang. Let's throw it to Picky. We will start with valued guest. So let us go, (laughs) Adam, Sarah, Tara, shall we? Uh, yes. And I would also like to add, this didn't come up last week because we didn't have a game time, but each of us has a steel meal. Oh, yeah. Adam had one. In his game too i just oh. was in the wrong book so apologies to adam i don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game but yes it, all all of players have steel meals according to my notes all right i will give you the character name you give me the cause of death you need a hint i will give you the show here we go adam is first dan connor uh it's roseanne was it a heart attack That's good for two points lane price this is to sarah um, do you, do we have to be super specific or are you looking for whatever? It doesn't matter. He, it's Mad Men and he killed himself by hanging. George O'Malley. Um, show. Aww. Oh, no, no, no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I just remembered. <laughs> He's from Grey's Anatomy. He got hit by a bus. Okay. <gasps> wow. Joyce Summers. <laughs> Back to Adam. Joyce Summers. Oh, that's me. Uh, it's Buffy, and it was a brain tumor? Yeah, close enough. Or a stroke? Brain cancer, okay. I think. Yeah, something. Eddard Anderism, Stark. Whatever. Who? Eddard Stark. Okay, well, I know the show. Could be anything. Eddard Stark? Okay, um, I don't think he was crisped by a dragon, so let's go with beheaded. Nice. <laughs> That's Ned Stark. That's Ned. Yeah. They, they they added extra difficulty for you to be dicks. Mm, Gary Shepard. Oh, um, this I believe was thirty something, and I think he also got smushed by a vehicle. Okay. Rosalind Shays. She fell down an elevator <laughs> shaft on LA Law. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. Oh, that's Mash, but I forgot what ended up getting him. 
Heart attack? Mm. Uh, his plane was shot down on the way home. Uh. Chuckles the clown. Um. Oh, God. Well, it's the Mary Tyler Moore show. I can't remember the specifics, but it had something to do with an elephant. Tried to eat him when he was dressed like a peanut. Okay. <laughs> Correct. Okay. The, the answer was elephant. Okay. Abby Morgan. <laughs> Oh, Abby Morgan. Uh, Come on. She f- fell off a cliff and drowned? What show? Right. Yay, yeah. Dawson's Creek. Barb Holland. Why do I know that? I'm sorry, who? Barb Holland. Oh. Show? Uh, Stranger Things. I don't fucking know. Hit by lightning? Killed by the Demi-Gorgon. Okay. Poor Barb. Good for her. Wes Gibbons. <laughs> Wes Gibbons. Show? How to get away with murder. Murdered? <laughs> well, sure, maybe. <laughs> uh, the answer is fire. Okay. <laughs> Pusey Washington. Uh, that's Orange is the New Black, and she was uh, sat on by a guard. Hmm. That is what happened. She was yeah. killed by okay. a suffocated, yard, suffocated yeah. by a yeah. Okay. We're gonna give you that one, uh, Scott Scanlon. <laughs> Beverly Hills, nine hundred two one zero. Got shot with his father's gun. By himself. Fuck's sake! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Charlie Pace. Oh Bring us God! First score break. Ooh, Charlie show. Pace. Lost. Oh, God. What happened to him? Drowned? Correct. Nice. He did. Drowned did. Okay. Adam is in the lead. Perfect so far with 10 points. I have seven. Sarah has six. All right. That means in the presence of Adam's Grossworth. The Grossworth Equalizer Challenge Zone. Sarah D. Bunting. Hang on, I gotta turn on a light because it's very dark in my office, and I'm an old man, and I can't read these fucking cards because the print is so small. Turning on the light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this out. I'm really tired. <laughs> What's Jim Rockford's dad's favorite sport? Uh, football. Fishing. Fishing. Uh. Oh, I'm almost filing. What grandpappy's opinion of tractors was, I ain't going to plow with anything I can't yell at. Uh, clamp it. Amos McCoy. Oh, fuck him. What Hill Street Blues detective bites criminal offenders? What Hill Street Blues detective bites criminal offenders? Uh, I Bunts? Mick Belker. Oh, yeah. Him. All right. Need all three of these. Who boasts in his theme song, I'm one tough gazook. Gazookus. Wow. Okay. I am one tough gazookus, which hates all palookas. What ain't on the up and square? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I suppose if I did that in the voice, you would get it. Benson? I'm one tough gazookas, <laughs> which hates all palookas. What ain't the up and square? Hashtag Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I have no idea. Benson? Uh, uh, yeah, no. That's Popeye. Oh. All right. Uh, What early adventure show's producer once complained that seasick actors' faces get so green you can't shoot them? (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know. Sea Hunt. (laughs) What? And his brother Mike. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You. (laughs) Who produced the help exclamation point jingle for Lincoln Mercury TV commercials? Who produced it? Who Barry Gordy. The help jingle. Barry Gordy. Lincoln Mercury TV ads. Barry Gordy. George Martin. Oh, huh. oh of course. All right. <laughs> Zero All right. for six. That means you lose 10. No. All right. <laughs> Back to the game. Marissa Cooper. Uh, it's the OC. And I had stopped watching by then. Was it a car accident? It was. Hey. Number 17. Pretty eagle. That's pretty eagle. Seymour Asses. <laughs> Show. Futurama. Um, airlocked? No idea. No. That's the dog that dies of natural causes waiting for Fry to come back. Yeah. Aww. Hank Schrader. Um, shot. Correct. Breaking bad. Mod Flanders. <laughs> uh, I should know this. And I know it's The Simpsons, so the hint doesn't help me. I don't know. She has Steel Meal. Steel Meal. Uh, t-shirt Cannon. T-shirt Cannon. Then she fell <sighs> off the uh, bleachers. Correct. Number 20, J.T. York. J.T. York. And E. Degrassi. Oh, right. J.T. York. Uh, uh, picture the kid, too. Uh, overdose? Stabbing. Oh, Stabbing. yeah. Edith Bunker. Oh, what? Uh, well, it's all in the family. Oh, she died. Heart attack. Oh, close. Mm. Stroke. Wow. And we're talking Archie Bunker's place when she just yeah you know, wasn't there anymore. Oh, okay. not actually all in the family. Fair enough. Zoe Barnes. Uh, oh, uh, uh, push in front of a push subway. Push in front of a subway on House of Cards, um, correct. Actually, it's the Metro. Or a Metro. <laughs> Anastasia D. Duala. Hint. Battlestar Galactica. Airlocked. Good guess. Suicide. Right. Susan Biddle Ross. <laughs> Poison envelopes on Seinfeld. God damn it. <laughs> Violet Harmon. I have no American idea what's the Horror show. Story Murder House. Oh. Oh. Um, fuck, which one was Violet? Um, I don't. Killed by a ghost. <laughs> OD on pills. Uh, was it the daughter? So. I think that was the Farmiga. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yes, right. Yeah. Dr. Stephen Meyer. 
Hint. Good luck. The path. Hulu's the path. Oh. Um. Airlocked. Fell off a cliff, like one half of an airlock. All right, bring us into our second score break. (laughs) Michael Schofield. Oh. Oh. (laughs) It's prison break, but I have no idea how he died. Well, you wanted to say something? Um, Shivved. Electrocution. Electrocution. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. All right, score break, please. Okay. Um, Adam has 14 points. I have 13 points. Sarah has six. <laughs> airlocked. <laughs> it's the new fence. Answer airlocked for all six of these questions for two points. What's the name of Jody Dallas's daughter on soap? Uh, Texas? Wendy. <laughs> sure. Close. What Saturday Night Live character often philosophized? It just goes to show you, it's always something. Oh, I don't know. Roseanne, Rosanna Dana? Yeah! What 1986 disaster caused Johnny Carson to admit his monologue from The Tonight Show for the first time since 1965? I'm guessing the Challenger explosion. What game show features instant bargains? Instant bargains. Let's make a deal. Instant bargain. No, good guess. Sale of the century. Oh, yeah. What milestone... What milestone consecutive defeat does his team suffer in Charlie Brown's All-Stars? 100th? Oh, one thousand. Oh, I was thinking. You need this one. Oh, whose cartoon show features Hokey Wolf in its menagerie? Uh, What cartoon show features Hokey Wolf in its menagerie? Hokey Wolf cartoon show. Mutual of Omaha Babies. I don't know. Huckleberry Hound. Uh, So close. Back to the game. 28 of 45. Nate Fisher Jr. (laughs) Wait. Two Dave points for Uh, um, a little role play (laughs) action. Well, Narm is actually all I remember. I don't remember what caused his arm to go numb. So, um... He, in fact, was dies by aneurysm? Narm. We're giving you the points for that one. That's good <laughs> by Narm. Death by Narm. brain hemorrhage. Yeah, uh, six feet under. Nice. Brain hemorrhage. All right, aneurysm. but no Close date enough. points because you didn't really do the Narm thing, so. Well, he said it. I'm no, sorry. Well, Does it count? What I asked for. I'm not that sorry. It's fine. Gustavo <laughs> no, Frank. No, it's true. He was specific. Gustavo um, Frank. Oh. <laughs> 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 well done. Um, that is Breaking Bad, and he gets blowed up by uh, Tio's bell. Correct. Blowed up by a bomb. <clears throat> Bobby Simone. Um, that's NYPD Blue. Oh, God, I don't know. Shot? Heart infection. Heart okay. infection. Uh, Shireen Barth. Oh, fuck off. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Shireen uh, Baratheon. Barth. Oh, oh Baratheon. Bar- yeah. Baratheon. 
yeah but i don't know who um, that is i just yeah. know that that's the last name that half of them have uh uh yeah yeah sure the fuck is shireen yeah. uh i'm gonna stab with a sword because burned at the stake mm. oh yeah that was sure oh yeah. that's who that was little girl yeah, yeah. sybil crawley sybil crawley um that's downton abbey and she died of the flu yeah that part of me influenza no she died in childbirth oh, she had some childbirth. kind of thing some sort of placenta previa or something yeah lucy knight <laughs> oh well that's er and she got her throat slashed claire kincaid Ooh. <laughs> well they know it so i don't know what's law the show? and order <gasps> original rays adam Worst New Yorker. Okay. It, there's like 25 <laughs> seasons. Um, did she get shot? She? I don't know. Let's find out. You guys. <laughs> What's the answer? She sure she did didn't. not. Yeah. Was it because she was a lesbian? <laughs> yes. She died of driver. lesbian. She got, she's, it was in a car accident. Yeah. She got hit by a drunk driver. And died. Uh, Glenn Ree. Um... R H E E. Right. Um, that's The Walking Dead, and he he got et by a zombie, right? No, he got head bashed in with a baseball bat. Oh, he got yeah. Lucille'd. Oh, yes. right. Rhonda Lyon. <laughs> well, that's Empire. Oh, God. Uh, oh, she got pushed off or fell off a balcony? Correct. James Jr. Rennie. <laughs> James uh, Jr. Rennie. Uh huh. It's Claus, right? It's Claus. Uh, at no point in your no, no, it's under the dome. That's right. It's that guy who's on both shows. It's under the dome. Close to anything <laughs> that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now Domer for having listened to it. Domer. Okay. Damn it. That's fine. Um, okay. That's fine. And I remembered before yes, you yes. started playing the clip, but it doesn't matter because I don't know how he died because I stopped watching that show. Uh, but I did read Tara's recaps. Um, he got sliced in half by a gun. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Do you remember Tara? I think he got his head beaten in, right? No, he stabbed. Blenfort. Oh, stabbed. okay. All right, back mm. to the game. Norma Bates. Norma Bates. Um, that's Bates Motel. Uh, I don't know how he killed her, though. If you're just taking a blind guess and you get this, instant win. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, rat poison? Carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, so close. Beverly Leslie. Um, he's from Will and Grace, and he also fell off a balcony. <laughs> he was blown off a balcony, apparently. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. By a stiff wind, because he was weak. Starburns. Starburns. Wow. Sure. Show, uh, he please. is from Community. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't. Fair <Terrible> point. <laughs> Uh, 
Um, yeah, I, I also fell off no. bleachers. Uh, that was a meth no. lab explosion. <laughs> meth lab explosion. Great. Eddie Lebeck. Did they all die? Eddie Lebeck. Eddie Lebeck. Oh, God. Yes. Um, I think I know the show, but it's really not going to help. Eddie Lebeck. Uh, what do you think the show is? Cheers. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Yes. Perhaps. Okay. Um, hit in the head with a hockey puck. Oh, that's a good guess. <clears throat> Close. Run over by a Zamboni. Oh, right! <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. This is question 42. We'll lead us into our last score break. James Dokes. Show? Dexter. Uh, Murdered? Ooh, Dokes. He's the, he was the detective in the first season and gets blowed up. Oh. The really mean one? Don't remember. Re- no no nonsense? No? No. All right. Uh, score break, please, Tara. Okay. Uh, I have 19. Adam has 16. Sarah has 8. Ugh. All right. So it's 19 for you, 16 for Adam? Yep. Oh, why? At some point, Tara snuck up on you and passed you, Adam. All right, I Sarah. I missed it. Here you go. What game show features <clears throat> the clock game and the showcase showdown? Yeah. The price is right. Yeah, it is. So am I. What, <laughs> what letter graces the coffee cup that Mayberry's Aunt B keeps for Barney Fife? What letter? B. What variety show gave Rodney Dangerfield his first national exposure? What variety show? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Ed Sullivan? <gasps> Sarah! Roger Thorpe is the answer to what question? I read the wrong question. <laughs> 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 okay, all right, you got your points. I did. Let's move on. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> I'm an idiot. All right. Um, <laughs> who is? Didn't even put a question mark there. What the hell? <laughs> All right, back to the game. Everybody's got one left. First off is Charlie Harper. Oh my God. Charlie Harper, I'm going to be mad at myself, but what's Two and the a show? Half men. Oh, I'm not going to be mad at myself at all. Uh, oh, it's something really absurd, though. Did a piano fall yeah. in? There's two answers here. I, I got a lot of press. Got a lot of press. Front of a subway I do not watch that show. Let's make that really piano. clear. That's the only one I, I ever watched. All right. Brooke Armstrong. Billy. Um, wait, now I'm not sure. All right. Uh, let's say that it's Melrose, and she um, fell in the pool drunk and drowned. Nice. You are correct. Nicholas Brody. Um, oh, that's uh, Homeland, and I think he was executed by the state. He died hang- hanging, I think. Uh, what is your answer in that mess of an answer? Uh, he was, I think he was hanged by wherever he was, hanged by the state. Yes. Yes, correct. On a crane. On a I crane. Believe, if strung I, up. Memory serves. Right. All right. Scores, please. Sarah had 
14. Adam has 17. I have 21. Very close game. All right. So Tara wins the game, but we have two tiebreakers. I'm going to give a steel meal for each one. Exciting. First person. (laughs) Wow, this character name is amazing. First person to shout out the answer wins. I will give you the character name, and then after a little bit, if nobody gets it, I will give you the show, Jock, Jock Ewing. Jock Ewing. Yes, you heard that correctly. Jock Ewing. I wonder if this will be Jack, and that's No, a it's Jock. It's okay. Jock. How did Jock Ewing from Dallas, from Dallas die? Heart attack. Shot? Incorrect. Drowned Sarah in oil. said heart attack. Was that correct? I know. You're both oh, incorrect. Okay. What did Adam say? You didn't. Drowned in an oil spill. I wish that Helicopter was Helicopter crash. Helicopter crash. I, I didn't really think that was right. Sergeant Phil Esterhouse. Hill Street oh. Blues. Dot. That's a good thing these weren't actual tie. No breakers. kidding. We still have a tie. <laughs> All right. Heart attack. He was making something when he died. Love. Whoopi? Correct. The answer was love. Well, I won't take Oh, no. Oh, that was still a heart attack. That was still a heart attack. Tara. Yeah, I guess it was. It probably was. Yeah, all right. Congrats, so we'll get Tara. back to that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, thanks. Good point. All right, guys. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. Four selfless individuals who have all lived in New York City gathered together for the common good and to slag on lackluster shows like the Defenders. <laughs> We then went around the dial with stops at Claws, So You Think You Could Dance, and Project Runway. We debated whether or not the new Netflix autoplaying video previews are worse than jazz, and Adam's canon pitch for the Smash premiere was a Broadway hit. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's game time. Remember, we're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariana... I gotta go, I'm in tech. Sarah D. Bunting. You could have a baseball number, but you shouldn't. (laughs) And Adam Grossworth. But do I have the spark to play Marilyn? Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. In the meantime, enjoy this exclusive clip from Daredevil Season 3. Is that it? I'm forced to venture out blind and alone... Like a mole in search of foodstuffs? Because I will. I'll walk right out into the, the town there. Traffic. Gone. Or I may just go live at the Lions Club. Make brooms. Yeah. Soldiers. This has been a production of the Previously.tv Podcast Network.